This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. All right, quiet down, quiet down. That's enough socialising. Only messing. Hope you're able to welcome each other this morning. And uh, again, there's, there's tea and coffee, of course, um, at the end of the service. I hope you will all stay and, and uh, keep chatting um, at the end of the service. Uh, but I'm going to talk now. <laughs> hope that's okay. Apologies in advance um, for my voice. I was ill this week um, and lost it completely. But praise Jesus. Um, he gave it back to me a wee bit today. Um, if I if my voice breaks during the talk, um, I'm not offended if you laugh because it is really funny when people's voices break. So uh, feel free to laugh. Um, that's fine. <laughs> let's just again um, thank you, Pauline, for for praying there. Um, let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, come. Be with us. Thank you for being with us, Lord, your presence during that worship session there. It was amazing. I don't know if anyone else um, could hear the rain coming down outside while we worshipped. And it just reminded me of the, the offer for your Holy Spirit to come and rain upon us. Like a soft October rain. And I just pray that now, Lord. Keep, keep raining your Holy Spirit upon us. Keep raining. Open our hearts this morning, Lord. In your holy name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've got a few slides today. I've been very prepared. Um, we're looking at Acts 5, and I've titled it Challenges and Opportunities. Ely thought that sounded very businessy, but um, I thought it was quite cool. Um, so, yeah, the book of Acts, as we've been looking at um, over this term, it's a story of submission to the Holy Spirit by Jesus' witnesses and the work that is accomplished as a result of this. We see the early church forming, and it's growing by the thousands. And as people hear the good news about Jesus and see the miracles that are happening and are being carried out in his name by the power of the Holy Spirit, more and more uh, keep coming to him. Throughout this time, that is recorded in the book of Acts, the apostles Peter and John, um, here mentioned specifically, have a wide range of experiences both amazing, um, but also challenging. And Jesus never promised that following him would be easy. Chapter five has some very dynamic experiences that demonstrate this. If you've got um, Bibles or your phones, again, feel free to, um, to follow along and I'll have some verses up there too. But yeah, chapter five, very dynamic to say the least. There's some scary stuff that happens in this passage. And so when we read it, I think it's important to bear in mind that Jesus has called his followers then and now into a new life where we live in him and are passionate about the message he has for the world, about loving others. Basically, as a follower of Jesus, he is always with us through the good times and also the scary ones. And we have a calling. Jesus tells us that this is the life in which the Holy Spirit can fill us up and all can know God more deeply than ever before if they choose to accept the invitation that he offers us. At this time, the message that the apostles were sharing was simple and beautiful. It was truths about Jesus. 
and that everyone is welcome to follow him and experience his abundance of grace and his forgiveness. And no one has to earn their place by deed or by being a good person or just by following the law. Come as you are with an open heart. That's what he says. And that message is the same now as it was then. Let's read uh, from Acts 5, uh, verse 1 to 11. I think I've got a wee, wee bit up there. Now, now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And a great fear seized all who heard what happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what happened, what had happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet, the me, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. That's quite an intense passage, isn't it? Um, it's quite a difficult text to digest, I think. Um, one that will stir up all sorts of feelings and questions amongst us, oh, I'm sure. And that is good, and it's important to talk about. That's why we can't skip passages like this that we don't like or find maybe brutal or possibly disagree with, you know, something that's happened. I certainly felt that way when I was preparing this talk. I felt like just focused on all the amazing healing that's happening later on and the response of people come to know Jesus um, from, from this and from Peter's preaching. But Paul encourages us not to avoid the tricky bits. He writes to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 16, 17. He says, all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the servant of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen to that. Now that's the first thing. Now the first thing you may notice about that, Acts 5, is that it begins with the word but. This word acts as a hinge between two opposing ideas. So the first of these must come in Acts 4, and that's the story of Barnabas. His actual name was Joseph, but his friends nicknamed him Barnabas because it means son of encouragement, lovely is that? Imagine your mates decide, oh, you know what? I'm going to call you Barnabas because it means son of encouragement. That is lovely. I'd love to have a nickname like that. I've had nicknames before, but never, never that nice. Anyway, encouraging Barnabas sold a field that belonged to him and brought all the money to the apostles, laying it at their feet. And he was one of many followers of Jesus that decided to share everything, all they had with those in need. Ely would testify to the fact that, a bit like Joy from Friends, I'm terrible at sharing food. 
So maybe I need to sit with this passage a little longer about that. Jesus was, the, was with the apostles a few weeks earlier, talking to them about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God was like. It's accounted in Luke 12, uh, verse 32 to 33. Did I put that up there? No? Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll read it to you. Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the radical act of generosity that we're seeing in Acts 4, including that of Barnabas, reflects what Jesus is teaching them and what we can see in Luke, regarding to the heart, to our hearts and what rules it. Seeing people practice this generosity was evidence to the apostles at this time that the kingdom of God was already beginning. But, as Acts 5 begins, but we see the contrast to the kingdom of God here and the consequence of that in regards to Ananias and Sapphira. Although we could be drawn to see the contrast between the two as being the fact that some followers gave all their possessions and were more generous, whereas these two were not and, and choose to keep some of their belongings, but that's not the issue here. That's not a sin. Acts is not teaching us that we need to drop everything and sell what we own and give it all away. Of course, we're encouraged to give to the church and, and to work together to help and be generous to others, especially those in need. Absolutely. We're encouraged to sacrifice in a posture of love to, and to do so in prayer, but also practically. In Acts 5, it's the same. People are encouraged to give their possessions freely. They're not forced to, they're not commanded to do that to give everything. Many kept their homes and businesses and offered hospitality through their possessions. So therefore, it was never the expectation that Ananias and Sapphira would give up all they had. Doing so was not a sin. Their consequent punishment was because they lied to God and attempted to deceive the Holy Spirit so that they could seem holy in the eyes of their peers while maintaining their wealth. They're more concerned about looking good instead of doing good and, and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. This passage isn't written for the purpose for us to take a seat of judgment. God is judge. And I say that, um, and you know, it's not for us to say that they're rightly punished. And it's also not for us to turn away and avoid looking at what um, has happened with the knowledge that Jesus is all about love. So, you know, how can this happen? I believe this passage can teach us a few different things. Firstly, it's a reminder that God is holy. When God acts in purity and in light, there's no room for darkness. We see the consequence of when holy ground is violated in the, whole, in the Old Testament. And although Jesus was broken, has broken the mold and bridged the gap between us and our relationship with God by taking our sin, the holiness of God has not changed. He is still holy. So when the followers of Jesus heard what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, it reminded them, as it reminds us now, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. That's what Proverbs 9.10 says. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. I think it's important for us to remember that because we, we know that we can have this deep relationship with, with God because of Jesus. But we need to remember that he's, he is an all-powerful God and he is holy. These followers knew the Old Testament and so they knew the truths about God. 
One that was, one was that God was merciful. God is merciful. He is patient. He is slow to anger. He's quick to forgive, and he has unconditional love. And we love that. And secondly, that God is just. When God acts in justice, it comes swiftly, and it always has a purpose. I think this passage is an important reminder to us. It serves to humble us as followers of Jesus. God is all-powerful. He is holy. He is merciful, and he's also just. Now, how amazing is it that alongside these things, he is our father and our friend, and he wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us in this room and, and in the, every person in the world. I also think it's a prompt to us, not to kid ourselves um, that we're holier than we are. We'll all struggle with sin, and it's important not to hide from that. If we don't acknowledge our sin, we cannot then realize our need for Jesus in our own lives. But there's a difference between being aware of our sin and being ashamed because of our sin. If we remain in a place of shame, it will build up and act as a wall between us and our relationship with Jesus. And God doesn't want that. If we're aware of our sin, but choose instead to draw closer to God and give it to Jesus, to ask for forgiveness and pray for freedom from sin, our relationships will grow and our roots in his kingdom will deepen. Therefore, the more aware of our sins we become, the more we will depend on Jesus and the holier we become. That is holiness for us as followers of Jesus. And I believe that this passage encourages us not to hide from our sin, not to, to try and lie to God. You know, I've, I've you know, definitely lied in the past. I'm thinking of, you know, I've definitely lied to my dad, my father, you know, when I was growing up. Oh, where are you? Uh, and I probably told a few fibs because I was out doing stuff I probably shouldn't have been. And that's bad enough. But if I lie to the Father, God knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. There's no need to lie to him. And he also accepts us as we are. So let's, let's yeah, I think it's important to remember that. He's slow to anger and quick to forgive. And he wants us to draw into that. I spent a lot longer thinking about that first part of the passage than I actually planned to originally. I didn't think, I wanted to kind of skip over, as I said, and focus on the healing, but um, I thought that was quite important uh, to, to be thinking about. Um, but the next part, let's move on. The next part of Acts 5 that we'll look at is from verse 12. Uh, I won't read it all, uh, but it'll be up on the screen. Uh, yeah, sweet. <clears throat> Um, so feel free to read um, over it as I talk or follow it in your Bible as well. So this section um, records some of the amazing work the Holy Spirit accomplishes through the apostles. It tells us how powerful and practical it is for God to work through people who have faith in him and trust in the power of his spirit. It can bring healing and all sorts of miracles as we see in this passage. That's why I love that, that Hannah came up and, and, and you know, was praying over us and we were all praying for healing. Because God works through that. Jesus didn't heal people and perform miracles to show off. And the apostles were no different. Hannah wasn't showing off there. Um, but the apostles' hearts are in a place of servitude. In this passage, that's where they are. To serve in Jesus' name and to provide opportunity for salvation through acts of healing. To advance the gospel by helping people in practical ways. And that's, I feel, what Sterling Vineyard's all about as well. It was not done to show power for power's sake, but to offer an invitation into a relationship 
and an invitation to receiving forgiveness and life. Now, unfortunately, the Sadducees' hearts were not in a state of humility and openness, and instead were filled with jealousy, as it says in the passage, possibly fear too. They arrested the apostles and they threw them in jail. In some situations, however, the Holy Spirit protects those who submit to him. And here it is accounted that the angel comes in the night and releases them from prison and says, go to the temple and give the people the message of life, this message of life. Now, they've just been arrested. I don't know, I'm not going to ask anyone if they've been arrested before, it's personal. But um, they've probably been beaten a bit just for doing what the angel is telling them to do. She wants them to go back out and do that exact thing. And you'd think maybe it's time to lay low, you know, get out of Dodge, you know, calm down a bit. But no, the apostles faithfully obey, knowing the dangers that were sure to befall them if they continue to do this. They go straight back to that temple and continue to preach the gospel. I really think we can be encouraged here that there is no prison dark, there's no prison so dark and, or so strong that can prevent God from visiting us and freeing us from if it is in his will. And that is speaking to all prisons, be it physical ailments and prisons of a mental or spiritual nature as well. The Lord loves us and is always with us. And his desire for us to be free from such prisons so that we can use our freedom to live joyfully and to share the good news with the people. If anyone feels that in their hearts just now, I, want to, I would like to pray with you, that's okay. So Lord, come, release anyone here from the difficulty, from the prison they're feeling locked in. Give them freedom and let them experience your joy, Lord. We pray freedom over everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. So finally, the apostles in this passage are once again arrested and threatened with death. I don't know if I have that up there, but... Um, thankfully, God has placed a member of the council there with some wisdom. Although a Pharisee, uh, Gamaliel, I think, a respected member of the council, and people argued to the, um, he's, a respect, yeah, he's a respected member of the council, and he argues to the high council that if they're acting for themselves, these, you know, these apostles, it will end of its own accord, as they can't do this in their own strength or for their own purpose. However, if they are truly with God, you will not be able to overthrow them. He has wisdom here. They will not be able to stop this if they're with God, and they are. And thankfully, the council agrees. They still, however, decide to flog them and beat them for good measure before they're released. But the amazing thing is that the apostles rejoice with the final part of this passage that's simply be inspired by the apostles and their response to facing adversity and persecution. Even if after being flogged, they leave rejoicing. They rejoice in the fact that although they've suffered, they've done so in Jesus' name as their purpose. They go straight back to preaching in their houses and in the temple that Jesus is Messiah. Yes, these people seemed amazing and strong, but this was only because they took their strength from the Lord and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. So let's do the same. There's nothing stopping us. Let's take our strength from the Lord into our daily lives. Let's be joyful and let's be obedient in our faith, abiding in Jesus and, and seeking the Holy Spirit 
not just on a, on a Sunday, uh, but, but through our lives in our workplaces with our friends who don't know Jesus. Let's always acknowledge the Holy Spirit, ask it to come and, and take our strength from the Lord. Let's fill up our hearts so that it only belongs to Jesus. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.